Jesus, I want to thank you that no one compares to you, to all your love that you have poured out for us on the cross, that we might be adopted into your family. I want to thank you that whatever God has promised, it is yes and amen in Christ Jesus because you came to fulfill the promises of God and apply them to our lives. I thank you that we can know your love and your goodness and your grace today. Help us now as we open our hearts to your word. I pray you'd speak to us. You'd help us to hear you. You'd help my words as I speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I am reminded this week that last week I took the lectern home to fix. And I have fixed it, I just forgot it. So uh, we'll just borrow this. I watched, um, I watched a film over Christmas. It was the film of Eddie the Eagle. Has anyone seen that film? Yeah, it's a pretty good film. If you haven't seen it, you probably remember, at least those of you who are as old as I am remember, uh, Eddie the Eagle, uh, GB's incredible ski jumper in the 92 Olympics or 88 Olympics? 88 Olympics. <coughs> Going down these huge ski runs, uh, landing in a, well, I mean, compared to the rest of GB, a pretty good way at the bottom, but compared to the rest of the world, not so good. Um, apparently, when he was up at the top, he had these great big NHS-style 1980s glasses. Do you remember them? Yeah. When he got up to the top, 90 metres up or whatever, it all misted up, so he couldn't actually see where he was going. Now, possibly... If you're at the top of a sort of 90-meter ski jump, that might actually be a good thing. But in general, having a vision for where you're going is actually a good thing and helps you to, to get where you're going or where you believe God wants you to go. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, not being like Eddie the Eagle, where you can't actually see where you're going, but actually trying to get a sense of what is God's heart for us as a church. Well, have you got my PowerPoint? Just remember that. Lovely. Uh, so we're going to talk about vision. And as part of that, I'm going to talk about staying balanced. How do we stay balanced with our vision? Okay, so I'm going to talk about four questions for our vision. 
why, how, what, and where. Okay? So that's going to guide us through. We're going to talk about why. Why have we got this vision as a church? How do we do it? How do we put it into practice? What actually is it that we do? And I'm going to talk a little bit about where as well at the end. So that's where we're going. Um, Why? Because of God's love. Naomi spoke a lot on this last week, and I, I won't repeat that, but just very struck by uh, the imagery she used talking about what we normally call the, the parable of the prodigal son, but she called the parable of the running father. Uh, this father that Jesus talked about who should have scorned his son's return, should have you know, heaped condemnation on him for all the shame that he'd brought on him and the family but instead does what no self-respecting Jewish father would have done, picks up his sort of skirts, runs, embraces him, puts uh, sandals on his feet, uh, welcomes him back into the family, throws a great party to celebrate, and then also uh, goes out and pleads with his other son, who got grumpy um, in the situation. And in both cases, there is this father, Jesus using a picture of our Father God who cares so much, who doesn't let shame, doesn't let our guilt, doesn't let the things we do wrong get in the way, who because of Jesus' sacrifice for us accepts us into his family. This Father who looks, looks, and when he sees his children coming a long way off in the fields, he runs to them. This is the love, the love of God. This extraordinary love that he has for each one of us. Uh, A love which doesn't have boundaries, which is infinite, which doesn't stop at anything, which is determined to bring us into his family and to make us more like his precious son, Jesus. I wanted to take a moment um, just to stop and reflect for each of us, on God's love for us, just at the start of this. Think about the fact that God loves you so much that he longs for us to be with him and part of of his family, full of his goodness. We're going to take a moment's silence just to reflect on that. And here's the thing about God's love. You see, God's love is so amazing, and I know God's love for me is so amazing, that it almost feels like, from my experience, it almost feels like it all centers on on him loving me so much. But the truth is, that extraordinary love is for everyone. Um, It says in, in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world the world 
every single person he's created that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life that father is not just running towards you and me and each one of us here but he's looking out for everyone his heart is for each person in this world Uh, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.14 Christ's love compels us to go and share his good news because he loves everyone so much. That love that he has for us, he has for every single person on this planet. And that extraordinary love has an end result. In the book of Revelation, it says that after this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Why do we do what we do as the King's Church? Our aim, fitting in, is a tiny part of what God is doing in the world through his church. Our aim for everything is that people, many, many, many people, Millions and millions and millions of people from every tribe, from every culture, from every people group, from every town, from every city, from every village should find their right place. The relationship they were meant, always meant to exist in. Receiving and expressing love with God and with each other. Jesus was, was asked a question. Once he was asked the question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And really he's being asked, you know, what really matters? What above else matters? What do we have to do to please God above all else? He was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Interestingly, Jesus answered with two commandments. He said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets, all of the Old Testament is what he's saying. Hang on these two commandments. You want to sum up what God's word to us is? Love him. And love others. And that's really important to us at the King's Church. And as we talk about vision, we've tried to encapsulate that into something that we call our, our strap line. Our strap line is meant to describe us. This is the logo we put on all kinds of things, King's Churchy. Um, loving God, loving others, taken from those commands. The greatest <laughs> command that Jesus said. We want this to describe us. We hope that when people think about the King's Church and think, oh, what's the King's Church like? Well, it's a group of people who love God and love others. That's what I would love us to be known as. That's what I would love this town to think of the King's Church, that we are people who love God and love others. So the strap line is there to describe us. Why do we have vision? Why are we trying to reach out? Because of God's love 
for everyone in this broken world. Now, next question is, that was why, done quickly, how? How are we going to do it? How are we going to love God and love others in an effective way? How, in the midst of stress and the busyness of life and all the challenges that we face, how are we going to live a balanced life that's effective in doing this? And I want to suggest that we follow Jesus' example. You see, Jesus lived an amazing life. Even people who are not Christians and don't uh, recognize him as their Lord in that way, often people talk about Jesus saying, what an amazing man he was, what a great teacher he was, you know, what an inspiration. People like Gandhi, for example, Mahatma Gandhi, spoke often of Jesus and what an inspiration he was. Um, and I want to look at three key elements of how Jesus lived his life, which helped to show how we can live our life. And when we get these three elements, it's amazing here, we've got a number of things which have got three legs. Amazing how firm support you can get when you get your three things in place. Even this sort of replacement lectern has got three legs. You put these three together, you have balance. You take one of them away, like if I do this, this might go badly wrong. It's sort of meant to go wrong, but not too wrong. There you go. You take away the third leg, you've got a problem. Jesus lived an incredible life of balance. How did he do it? There were three key elements of living his life in three dimensions. The first one, As I was having an easel, I thought I might as well paint. The first element. Okay, I'm not a very good painter, to be fair. But there we go. The first element is up. Well, that's not going well, is it? More paint needed. There you go. The first element of up is up, it's of, of Jesus' balanced life, it's up. He had this amazing relationship. <laughs> right. There we go, tighten it all up. Okay. He had this amazing relationship, slightly skewed, uh, with his, his father God. Um, he had a great relationship with his disciples, with this group of people that he lived with, that followed him around, that he taught, that he shared life with. Um, and so he communicated with them, he taught them, he spent time with them and built that relationship. They ate together, they lived together, they worked together. And... He had an amazing relationship with the crowds, the people that he taught, that came, that flocked to hear him from all over the place. Um, thousands at times, he taught them, he healed them, he fed them, he had compassion on them. 
And so he's living life in these three dimensions, up, in, and out. Just want to give you an example of that. So um, the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus is out there with his disciples. A huge crowd gathers. I've got this out of order, but a huge crowd gathers. 5,000 men plus women and children. He teaches them. He heals their sick. They're there all day. The sun is hot. It says they're in a sort of a wilderness or a deserted place. Towards the end of the day, uh, he sees that they're hungry and tired and there's no food there. And he says to his disciples, he turns to his inner group, if you like, his disciples, his friends, the people he's living life with, the community, they're together. And he says to them, what are we going to do? How can we feed them? Uh, he knows what he's going to do, but he's asking them to see what they'll say. And they say... How can we feed them? It would take a year's wages. Here's a kid with a packed lunch, but what's a few fish and a couple of rolls going to do amongst this lot? He turns to his Father in heaven. He looks up to him. He prays. He prays. Then he goes back to the disciples and says, give out this food. They give it out. And more and more is multiplied. And all are fed and go away full. He lives in three dimensions, dependent on his Father God, listening to him, loving him, working with his disciples, interacting with them, sharing life with them, doing their challenges together, pouring out his love, his heart, feeding this crowd out there, these thousands of people who gather. He's living a balanced life in three dimensions. Um, another example Gonna, I'm going to read this. This is Luke chapter 6. So Luke chapter 6, 12 to, uh, 12 to 19. It says, One of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. He's engaging with his father. He's doing the up, if you like. When morning came, he called his disciples to him. And chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. So, okay, then he's communicating with this close group, these disciples. He's doing the in, if you like, relating with his community. Jump on, uh, names them, and then we'll jump on to verse 17. He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured, and all the people tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. So he's living a balanced life in three dimensions, up, in, out, with God, with his, his community of faith, if you like, and with people around there. How do we live an effective life, a life sort of solid, firm, stable, on three legs, a balanced life. The same way that Jesus did. Let's make all those three elements, our relationship with God, our relationship with our church community, 
our church family, and our relationships with people who don't yet know his love. Let's make them all important. Let's keep them in balance. Um, We try to express that in our vision statement at the church. So we try to capture that up, in, and out. Um, We use slightly longer words. Whereas the strapline is meant to describe us, the point of the vision statement is that it's meant to guide us. It's meant to help us to know how to do what we're meant to do. Um, So what are we talking about? Uh, It's about love God. Um, As those wonderful signs that the kids made. Oh, I've got them here. Love God show. We want to love God. We want to put our relationship with him at the heart of things. Um, In, we want to build our relationship, build our relationships as a church together. Remember, when we say church, we mean people. We don't mean a building. Talk more about building in a moment. But we don't mean a building. A church, in biblical terms, is God's people. It is not a structure. Uh, oh, sorry, it's not a, you know, a brick structure or whatever. It is people. And we want to reach out. <coughs> reach out to people around us. Show God's love. So keeping it all in balance is the way of following Jesus and doing love, life his way. So why? Because of God's love. How? By following Jesus' balanced life, up, in, out. Love God, build church, reach out. What does that actually look like? What does living life in three dimensions, living a spiritually balanced life, look like in practice? Well, it's going to affect all areas of our life in all kinds of ways. A few sort of pointers just for some of the things we do together. Sunday mornings. Uh, we're gathered here. It's wonderful to gather here. Loving God. Up. Really important. What does that mean? It means as we gather together, we give our hearts to worshipping him. In singing, in listening to him, in praying, um, in trying to apply his word to our hearts as we hear it. What about building church? As we gather together on a Sunday morning, we want to give ourselves to serving each other, to helping out uh, on the rotor, to serving the kids, um, to caring for each other, to spending time talking, praying, sharing with each other. And we want to give ourselves to reaching out as well. On a Sunday morning, that means being ready to, to talk to visitors, to be friendly, to be welcoming. It means being careful when slightly strange or unusual spiritual stuff happens, actually to explain what's going on, you know, what, what God is doing here. Um, so every element of our life and our life together, we can apply these things to. What about missional communities? For those of you who are not familiar, what are MCs? They're a really important part of our church now. Mid-sized groups of 20 to 50 people, each one being a community focused around mission to a particular neighborhood or a network of relationships. Um, An MC, a missional community, is big enough to dare, but small enough to care. It's got enough people, 10, 20, 30 people in it, that you can actually do cool stuff. You've got enough sort of momentum to to do events, to do all that sort of stuff. Um, But it's small enough that you can know everyone. 
you know, we can't necessarily know each other all well on a Sunday morning, but within a, a missional community, it's small enough that you can get to know everyone, you can share life together, you can care for each other effectively. Currently, we've got three in the church, uh, Family Connect, Love Didcot, and CAP MC, all focusing on particular areas. Um, how are we going to live in three dimensions within our MCs? Well, we're going to love God. We're going to, within our MCs, pray, worship, seek to uh, hear God and follow him together. We're going to um, build church. We're going to work on relationships within our MCs, work on loving each other, caring for each other, helping each other, sharing life together. We're going to reach out as MCs. And in one sense, that's one of the areas that the sort of MC structure is particularly designed to help with because actually a group of 10, 15, 20, 30 is much easier for people to come into than, say, a huge Sunday morning or a much smaller group of sort of five or six or seven people. So uh, uh, an MC forms an easy size in which to welcome people into a community. Um, and there are all other areas of our lives, of our church life, that we could apply this to, of our working lives, of our personal lives. Um, I'm actually going to give you a little bit of paper here, or a little card. You could use it as a bookmark. Um, Jansen, would you mind sort of spreading a few around? Rob, would you mind spreading a few around? Richard, would you mind spreading a few around? Um, and on one side, it's got our uh, strap line vision statement. On the other side, it's got some questions for our personal life, which says, actually, for 20, how am I going to stay balanced in 2019? Um, in up and in and out, what does God want me to look at in each of these areas for this year to, to be balanced? And that's something to go away, maybe to pray about and think about. So we talked about why. We talked about how. We talked about what. Finally, I want to talk about where. Where can we love God, build church, reach out? Well, in truth... Everywhere and anywhere. Because wherever we are as followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is with us and within us. Whatever situation we go into, he is there. But I did want to say something about a particular place, a particular where, if you like, uh, which is a building. Okay, we've done that. Um, for some time, we feel God has been stirring us as a church about getting uh, a building of some sort, which we can use not just on a Sunday, but to help us to reach out to the community at other times. And over the last sort of three or so years, we've looked at various options. We looked at a part of Baptist House. That uh, didn't work out. We looked at the family centre opposite the Wave. That didn't work out. Uh, a year or so ago, we were looking at the Northbourne Centre, a uh, uh, decommissioned church building, down in town, um, and it seemed like that was really possibly looking quite uh, hopeful, and we were praying there a year, just over a year ago with our eldership team and the Open Gate, you know, guys with the hats on, remember them, Open Gate regional team, um, and there's quite a lot of prophetic words being spoken. It was a strange night because we felt like God was speaking encouraging things to us about Things like being in the beating heart, being the beating heart of the community 
and we're almost in the right place. But also there were a number of slightly odd words like you know, suggesting this didn't quite fit and things weren't quite right and maybe there was something uh, not quite right about it. And one of the words that Muriel from Swindon had for us, she said she felt like it was like a stepping stone. Uh, a stepping stone onto something else that God was taking us on. And she, she sort of quoted that old song, uh, these boots are made for walking. So these boots, uh, it's a stepping stone. So, well, she was wearing boots at the time, I should say. And then the Northbourne Centre thing all sort of fell through. Um, over the last year, uh, suddenly the idea of, I think Matt actually mentioned to us, the idea of the boots building originally. And when... I thought of that, you know, that prophetic word came to my mind. I was like, oh, is that what that was about? And we started to look into it. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment, but I just want to go back to that sense of a balanced life. Um, Oh, wrong way. How does being balanced apply to any building we might get? So if we're looking for a building, we want a space that will help people to love God, to worship him, uh, room to pray through worship, discipleship, prayer, all those sort of things. We want space for that to help that. We want a building. What we're looking for is something which will help us build church. So ways of developing relationships together, space for church meetings, for fellowship, for teas and coffees and lunches and dinners and all kinds of things like that. And we want to building in particular that will help us to reach out, to serve our wider community. In truth, this is the one thing that actually having our own building would make the most difference. Because, you know, we can worship God together, we can build church together here, but it's difficult to reach out in this building on a Sunday morning once a week, you know. It makes it more difficult. But actually, we think a building could really help us to reach out with the love of Jesus through soft play, through coffee, through all kinds of activities for kids, for families, for the elderly, for youth, for uh, cap clients, for all kinds of people who could come in. So those are the things that matter to us in this sort of thing. Now let me, I want to now take you uh, just briefly on a virtual tour of the old Boots building. I know some people have seen inside it, but for those of you who haven't, this is going to be, well, nothing like as good as actually being in there. But anyway, you get the idea. Uh, where is it? Centre of town, just opposite Baptist House, just next to Broadway's pub, if you don't know it. Uh, so here we go. So just behind the Orchard Centre, this building here, 130B Broadway, right in there, just near Cornerstone Cinema, etc. Um, it is one of the ugliest buildings in Didcot, but you know, if we got it, we could potentially make it nicer. Um, what's it like? It's got loads of space downstairs. It's pretty big. The ideas that have been had at the moment are that there might be soft play maybe over this side of the pillars, and then lots of room on this space for, say, cafe, uh, various sort of partitions that could be moved around for youth work, kids work, all kinds of stuff could go in downstairs. Um, It's about uh, 250 square metres, that area down there, a little bit of stuff at the back. Um, So that is downstairs. When we went upstairs, we were a bit surprised. We hadn't really realised how much space there was up there. At the moment, it's this sort of weird sort of storage 
thing. Um, but actually, there's quite a lot of space up, upstairs. Um, this whole sort of area is sort of one open bit, and these are just partition walls which could come down. So potentially, there is room up there for a sort of a church conference worship facility for about 250, 270 people. So that's the sort of space, as well as some offices and that sort of thing. Um, that's the view from the front. Um, I've had a wacky idea. My wacky idea is that you build another floor on top. And actually, because you use a whole space, you can actually get a really big bit of space, maybe room for 400 people, and then you can use the other bits for kids' groups and other all sorts of uh, church offices, all kinds of other things. This isn't what it looks like. This is a, a manual church in Brighton, which actually about, that's about a, that's about a 900-seater hall. So it's, it's not going to be as big as that, but you know. Um, but you get the idea. Um, there is a basement, too. I've always wanted a basement. There you go. Anyway. Um, so, no, I mean, it wouldn't be much good for a church. But anyway, let's, let's, let's not get into that storage. Um, so, I just wanted to let everyone as a church know we're looking at this. The current state of play is it is going to go on the market soon. We have instructed the surveyor who is uh, engaging with the, um, the owners, a company called Quadrant Estates, the owners or the, the, the managers. Um, there are apparently two or three other uh, people interested in it. Those are both options on the table, um, which is a huge question. So whatever we do, whether we rent or buy, this is potentially a huge challenge, far beyond anything financially we've ever done before. Okay, So we are, at the moment, um, we, believe, uh, we believe that, re that Boots were paying about 70 grand a year. Now, it's probably not worth that at the moment with the way retail space is at the moment, but that was their, their rent. Um, for comparison, we pay 10 grand a year for this. Um, in terms of what it might cost to buy is a huge question, which I hope to have an estimate back shortly. Um, so there are lots of questions about that. Um, it could be a huge challenge beyond anything that we've done before. But I do believe that God's hand maybe in this. So what are we going to do? I would really ask you to pray. Pray that God would speak clearly to us. If you feel God says anything to you, do please share it with the eldership team. Pray for wisdom. I personally, I feel like, you know, this is way beyond what I know how to do. Um, and I really need God's help and wisdom in that. But do pray for that. Um, whether we buy or, or rent, actually we're going to need a load more money and certainly money to kickstart things. So we are going to start having some gift days towards it. At the moment, we have about £8,000 in our building fund, which is a great start, but it's going to be a lot less than we will need. Uh, so we've earmarked uh, two weeks' time, 3rd of February, for a gift day. So we would really appreciate if you want to pray and see if God you know, tells you to give towards that sort of building fund. Obviously, if it turns out not to be this building, that fund would go for another one. Yes, Brian? Where's the parking? There are about six spaces around the back. There is then the park a little bit of parking at the front, and obviously in town, there's a lot of parking around there. Um, I think on Sundays it's all day, isn't it? 
Sundays in the Orchard Centre is free all day. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know if I can say this. My hope is that if we did get there and we needed to, we might also be able to do a deal with Baptist House to use their, their thing. But, um, but they don't know that yet. And I don't know. But I'm hoping that that's a discussion we could have with them. Um, okay. We are going to stop in a moment. And I know this has been a little bit of, um, in one sense, talking about inspirational stuff, and in one sense, talking about some quite practical stuff. Do please come and ask any other questions. We really want to be open about that. If anyone wants to see the plans, I will probably send around the plans we've got, actually, so people can see them um, and talk about it. Do please come back to me. Um, I think I'm just going to pray as we close. Uh, Jesus, I want to thank you that we're not like Eddie the Eagle at the top of a hill without being able to see where we're going because you give us vision. You help us to see where you want us to go. I want to thank you for helping us to love you, to build church and to reach out. And I pray for each one of us as we think about practical uh, steps for each of us this year in staying balanced, building our relationship with you. Would you help us? And I want to pray for this building idea that we're looking at. Would you speak to us and help us too, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Great. Well, there's teas and coffees at the back. Uh, next week, be here for the regional celebration. It'll be a great time. Um, and uh, see you then. <laughs>